For the last several weeks, every single day, the oak trees in our backyard have awakened feeling dangerous. <laughs> right behind our house, we have four giant oak trees. And when we're inside and the acorns let go and they hit the roof and the gutters and the siding and the furniture on the back porch, I mean, you feel like if you don't know what's going on, somebody's breaking into this house. A few weeks ago, we were sitting there um, on, on the back porch celebrating my son Alan's birthday, and I think three of us got hit, bam, with acorns <laughs> while we we're sitting out there. Now, nobody here is really surprised by that, right? These trees are doing what healthy oak trees do. Uh, they make acorns, lots and lots and lots of acorns. In fact, I gathered these just off the porch yesterday, just these. Just the porch. I mean, it is, it is crazy in my backyard right now. Experts say that uh, it takes a lot of oak's energy to produce acorns. Uh, and if there's a light freeze at just the right time in the spring, uh, it limits the production of acorns. If there's a drought, no acorns. If there are no nutrients in the soil, no acorns. So a tree's health uh, is dependent, or a tree's health uh, is a factor in how many acorns it produces. The bad news is, you into our backyard right now, you're in the danger zone. The good news is, our trees are healthy. <laughs> now, why all this talk about trees? Well, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, and we'll look at verses 43 to 46. Luke 6, 43 to 46. In this passage, you're going to see that Jesus refers to all of us, his followers, God's people, as trees. And he's often using metaphors from nature to describe us. Um, in fact, later in Luke, we see that he calls us soil. Soil is supposed to be soft and fertile and bears good fruit. And then in John chapter 15, Jesus calls us branches. We're branches on the vine that are supposed to bear fruit. And here in this passage, he calls us trees. Now, in thinking about Jesus growing up in a Jewish family, he would have been very familiar with the idea that God's people are referred to as trees. In fact, when he launched his public ministry in Luke chapter 4, uh, Jesus quotes from Isaiah chapter 61. And in Isaiah 61, we're called trees, that we would be oaks of righteousness. Oaks, the planting of the Lord, that he would be glorified. And then uh, we also know that Jesus probably would have been somebody who was encouraged to memorize Psalm 1, for example. And in Psalm 1, we were referred to as trees. We were to be like trees planted by streams of water, which yield fruit in its season. Leaf don't leaves don't wither, and whatever we do, we prosper. So uh, we're supposed to be trees that bear fruit that glorify God. The question is, what kind of tree are you, and what kind of tree am I? And he talks about this. Luke chapter 6, verse 43, For no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. So again, we're trees. 
The question is, are we good trees or are we bad trees? And when Jesus talks about bad, he's not saying you would be as bad as you could possibly be. That's not the idea here. But he's saying you may not be good in God's sight. And so here he tells us how we can know. He says, basically, you've got to be fruit inspectors. Now, last week, Pastor Chad talked to us about the idea of not judging. And he qualified that. He says we're supposed to judge those inside the church, not outside the church. And the person that you ought to be judging most inside the church is yourself. You've got to be a fruit inspector of your own life. So you've got to ask yourself, what kind of life am I truly living? Is the life that I'm living truly countercultural, truly revolutionary, truly and against the grain kind of life? Is the fruit that I'm bearing in my life good or bad? So the big question we ought to be asking ourselves today is, what's the fruit of a Christian? Because he says here again, for no good tree bears bad fruit, and no bad tree bears good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. So what is the fruit of a Christian? Let me give you three questions to ask yourself so you can be a good fruit inspector for your own life. Question number one, am I producing conduct that is radical? Conduct that is radical. Now, again, we're in a series of messages here in Luke chapter 6 called Against the Grain. And we're looking at some of the teachings of Jesus that calls us to live against the grain of what our flesh wants to do and what the world wants us to be like. And uh, three weeks ago, Pastor Chad gave us a message, and he taught us the words of Jesus. The world says that you have it made if you're rich and full and laughing and liked by everybody. I mean, I came to church hoping to learn how to be more rich and full and liked by everybody. But Jesus says, no, no, no. You are blessed, and if on account of Christ, because of your passion to follow him, you're poor, hungry, weeping, and hated. And that's an against the grain kind of life. And that's the kind of fruit that we're supposed to bear. And then two weeks ago, we learned this. The world says... You better take care of yourself. And if somebody hits you, hit them back harder. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Love your enemies. Pray for them. Bless them. And give to them. And that's an against the grain kind of life. But that's the kind of fruit that he's called us to bear. And these aren't just good suggestions. These aren't just good ideas. He's actually expecting us to really, truly live this way. And then last week we learned that the world says um, the way to live is to be critical and judging and condemning. You know, do that. You make yourself look better and feel better when you're comparing yourself to everybody else. But Jesus says, take the log out of your eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's. So be harder on yourself than you are on anybody else. And again, that's an against the grain kind of life. But that's the kind of fruit that we're supposed to be bearing conduct that is radical. People look at you and they go, what kind of life are you living? Because that looks kind of crazy to me. No, no, no. It's not crazy. Not if you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've been hurt deeply by a coach or a friend 
or maybe a spouse that walked out on you. And you call yourself follower of Jesus, but you're really filled with bitterness and resentment and frustration and unforgiveness. And deep down inside, you want to make them pay. And when something bad happens to them, you secretly rejoice. And everybody around you kind of reinforces that. They hurt you bad, they should pay. But God brought you here today to remind you that the fruit of a real Christian is conduct that is radical. It's conduct that can't be explained by the world. It's not the world's ways. It's Jesus' way. It's a conduct that loves and blesses and prays for and gives even to our enemies. Am I producing conduct that's radical? Second question. What kind of fruit are we supposed to bear? Am I producing character that is spiritual? Character that's spiritual. And the famous passage on this is Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit, there's our word, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. When we come to faith in Christ as our Savior and Lord, God kind of does a divine surgery. He cuts us open, so to speak, and He puts inside us His Holy Spirit so that the way we live our life is the way the Spirit of Christ lives in us and through us. People ought to say, whoa, you're living like Jesus. Yes, it's not me. It's the Spirit of Christ in me that's making this happen. And you know the best place for you to evaluate whether you're bearing this kind of fruit or not is in the home. Because you can fake it at work most of the time. And you could fake it in your neighborhood. Hey, how's it going, neighbor? Big smile. Then you walk through the door and you're a grouch to your spouse. And you can certainly fake it at church, right? Except some people don't fake it at church. <laughs> Look at that list again. Which fruit would your family members say is missing the most from your life? Pick one. If you're sitting by your spouse, don't tell them what you think. Let the Holy Spirit tell them what He thinks. But seriously, which one needs the most work? Which one's missing? Maybe you're here today as a son or a daughter, and you used to be known in your family for being cooperative. Or maybe you're here as a husband or a wife, and you used to be known for your kindness to your spouse. Or maybe you're here as a mom or a dad, and you used to be known to your children as, a, as an encourager. But something's happened. There's been some kind of a switch that has been flipped. And right now, honestly, you're somebody that really no one likes to be around because you're harsh and irritable and unkind. 
And God has brought you here today, perhaps, to let you know that the fruit of a real Christian is character that is spiritual, that exhibits, that literally exhibits the fruit of the spirit of kindness and gentleness and patience, especially in your home. Am I producing conduct that's radical? Am I producing character that's spiritual? Am I producing converts that are fruitful? Conducts, converts that are fruitful. Look at, look at Proverbs 11, verse 30. It's going to talk about fruit here. The fruit, there's our word, of the righteous is a tree of life. And whoever captures souls is wise. One version puts it this way, he who is wise wins souls. So putting it simply, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. So who has their ticket punched to heaven because of you? I mean, will somebody someday come up to you in heaven and say, thank you, I am here because you prayed for me. I am here because you invited me into your home. And you loved me and shared Christ with me. A few months ago, we launched an emphasis called uh, Who's Your One? And the goal is for everybody in this church to identify one person in your circle of influence who is far from God and that you hope to win to Christ. And the goal is for you to begin to use a care, prayer, share strategy. Care. I'm going to care for you and do something practical to show you that I love you. And in prayer, I'm going to pray for this person daily, weekly, until this person comes to faith. And then I'm going to finally share the good news of Jesus with you. Who's your one? A person who is a good tree bearing good fruit is a person who doesn't want to go to heaven empty-handed. It's a person who wants to go to heaven and take as many people with them as they possibly can. And maybe you're here today and you can remember a time when you used to wonder where your friends and neighbors and coworkers were going to spend eternity. You wondered if they knew Christ. You used to try to do everything you could to get the conversation turned around toward Christ. You used to invite people to church. You used to invite people in your home just to build a relationship so you could point them to Jesus. But none of that has happened for a long, long time. Your love for people who are far from God and your passion to help them come close to Christ, it's just grown cold. And God has brought you here today to remind you that the fruit of a real Christian are converts that are faithful. He wants to stir up within you your passion to reach people with the best news ever about the best person ever who offers the best gift ever. I mean, how can we keep that to ourselves? Am I producing conduct that is radical, character that is spiritual, converts that are faithful? Now, Jesus says in our passage here, you are known by your own fruits. You're not going to be known by my fruit. And I'm not going to be known by your fruit. Your own fruit. 
It's time for us to own this. Own it. Be fruit inspectors because we're fruit trees. So what's the fruit that's flowing out of my life? What's the fruit that's flowing out of your life? And sadly, some of us would have to say, the fruit that's flowing out of my life right now, honestly, it's not that good. It's not against the grain. I'm embarrassed the way I behave at home. And there's nobody who's come to faith in Christ because of me. Good trees bear good fruit. Bad trees bear bad fruit. And the bad might not be as bad as it could possibly be. And you might be somebody who even does some good things. But listen, good without God is bad. Good without God is bad. So how can we become good trees that bear good fruit? And Jesus, of course, answers that question here in verse 45. Notice what he says. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. Now, again, this is not evil like Hitler, because most of us are saying, well, I'm not evil. No, we're not talking about evil like Hitler. We're, we're talking about evil in the sense of living a self-life so you're producing things and sometimes maybe even doing good stuff, but good that is done to make you look good is evil. That's the idea here. So follow the logic here. He says, he says good fruit comes from a good tree that has a good heart. Bad fruit comes from a bad tree that has a bad heart. About 15 years ago, I stood with our son, Ryan, on the front porch of our house over North Royalton, and uh, we looked at this giant 70-foot-tall maple tree in our front yard, and it was glorious. I mean, it was like the perfect time because you could see yellows, and you could see oranges, and you could see reds, and maybe even some purples, and some of the leaves were still green, and it was against this brilliant blue sky. I said, Ryan, look at that tree. I said, that is the most beautiful tree in this whole neighborhood, and I honestly believe that it was. That night, we woke up at 2 a.m. with a loud crash, and we went outside, and that massive, gorgeous tree had crashed right next to the house. And when we had it cut up, we found out that, that even though it looked great on the outside, it was seriously decayed in the middle. Something was wrong with the heart of the tree. And you might look really good on the outside. In fact, all of you do look good today. But I'm hoping that if we cut you open, we won't find decay. You can look really good on the outside, but something could be drastically, dreadfully, desperately wrong in our hearts. And this bears out that saying, a famous saying, you know, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Now, I want you to see two things that Jesus says about the heart. First, the heart produces. Your heart is the control center. It's the bridge, the cockpit, the 
the command center of your life. And what comes out of you is what your heart has produced. And we've probably all said this, like somebody does something, she ticked me off so much, or he really, really made me mad. And what you're saying, if you say that, is the other person is responsible for your anger. And Jesus says, no, you're responsible for your anger. They may have hurt you. They may have done something wrong. But the anger is not coming out of something that happened to you. It's something that came out of you. It came from your heart. Bad trees with bad hearts produce bad fruit. Now, not only is the fruit supposed to be different that we bear, but how we bear fruit is supposed to be different. So how do trees bear fruit? Like, how do these oak trees bear all these acorns? And I have yet to wake up and look out back and see those oak trees just straining to produce acorns. That's just what they do. Trees don't produce fruit by trying harder. Trees produce fruit by being planted better. And that's what needs to happen for us. One of the books I read a few years ago on finding happiness was written by secular author Gretchen Rubin. And I follow her on Instagram. And she recently confessed on Instagram, what a humble act, that she struggles with anger and irritability. And then she gave on Instagram this list of things that she does to help herself. And uh, so eight tips. I'm not going to read them all, but, you know, drink alcohol rarely and in small doses. I guess she's a mean drunk. I don't know. Uh, don't expect praise or appreciation. Uh, make a joke of it. Try not to be defensive. I mean, it's really a pretty good list as you look at it. But if you look closely at her tips, it's all self-effort. It's her trying to do better by trying harder. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's the heart that produces. I don't see anything in this list from her that she is engaging with God so that her heart gets changed. And if you try to live a better life, and if you do it through self-effort, you're going to get what you can do. And that's not very pretty. Because the Bible says about your heart that apart from Christ, it is deceitful and desperately wicked. We don't bear good fruit by doing more and trying harder on our own, in the flesh, through self-effort. Listen, I don't want the fruit of my life to be what I can produce. I want the fruit of my life to be what He can produce. Now, as I said, you'll never see an oak tree straining to produce acorns or a walnut tree straining to produce walnuts or an apple tree straining to produce apples. I mean, you know, this is apple season. You don't go to pick apples and you see the trees. <laughs> Boom! Oh, there it is. It's not the way it works. Trees that produce fruit simply stand in the right place. They're deeply rooted. They get their nutrients from the soil. They are watered. They get just the right amount of sun. And fruit is born. Fruit is produced. Fruit happens. 
You can see this in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Don't get planted with the wicked crowd. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And some of us, by the way we take in media and TV and entertainment, we are hanging with sinners and scoffers and scorners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. A delight in the Bible. And in his law, he meditates day and night. I think a lot about the Bible and what God has to say to me through it. And then he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and his leaf does not wither and whatever he does, he prospers. So the question for you and me is like, where, where am I planted? Am I taking in God's water? Am I taking in God's light? Am I taking in God's food? If not, then the health of the heart of this tree is going to be bad. And the fruit will be bad. And maybe you came in here today and you've tried everything you could think of to be a better person. You listen to podcasts to try to improve yourself. You set goals for yourself. You read books on anger and anxiety and, and joy and simplicity and organization. You've gone to a counselor. And you even come to church. But you're just marginally better. And on some days, you're worse. And you're disappointed with you. And the people around you are disappointed with you. And God has brought you today to, here today to remind you that your heart produces. And that if you want to produce good, it's not going to happen because you're trying harder. It's going to happen because you're planted better. He's calling you away from ungodly media and wor worldly TV and influences. He's calling you to plant yourself and sink deep roots into His Word, into reading the Bible and thinking deeply about what you've read and praying the Scriptures back to God and asking Him to transform your heart and take away the bad out of you and replace it with good. Never forget, the heart produces she didn't make me angry. He didn't tick me off. It came from here. Second thing I want you to see from what Jesus says, the heart treasures. Notice what he says in Luke 6, 45, a good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. So your heart is treasuring something and what it treasures, it produces. Now, what's the heart? Well, it's the seat of the mind, the will, and the affections. The, the, the mind. What, what I think about and dwell on demonstrates what I'm treasuring. The will. What I am serving demonstrates what I am treasuring. And the affections. What I love and delight in demonstrates what I am treasuring. So are you treasuring Christ 
with your mind and will and affections. Maybe you walk through these doors today, and truth be told, you haven't thought much about the kingdom of God or about Jesus at all this week. Work, family, entertainment, hobbies, all of that has your attention. And you honestly don't really give Jesus a second, third, fourth, or fifth thought. And your mind has been filled with all these worldly things. And you're producing all the wrong stuff. And God brought you here to say, enough of that. The reformation of your life is impossible without the transformation of your heart. Because my heart produces what my heart treasures. Everybody's treasuring something in their heart. Are you treasuring what is good and right and lovely and true? The good news is when we repent, when we say, I'm headed the wrong way, I got to turn and I got to go the right way, and then when we trust in Jesus and the gospel of Christ, he transforms our hearts. And today is the day of repentance. Really for all of us. I mean, I trusted Christ like 60 years ago when I was a little six-year-old kid. Guess what? I need to repent and believe the gospel every day. I don't care if you've been walking with Christ for six decades. It's time to repent and believe the gospel again today because my heart produces what my heart treasures. I'm sorry, Lord, for treasuring all the wrong things, for delighting in and loving and serving and thinking about all the wrong things. And I am going to treasure you as best I can now, I can't even do this without your help, but you've got to help me, Lord. Thank you that you died on the cross for me and you paid for my sins, for all of my bad treasuring. You died on the cross, you forgave me, and now I'm going to follow you. Repent and believe the gospel all over again. So I want you to stop for just a second here today. And I want you to ask the Lord this question. Lord, what's one change I could make in my life so that I treasure Christ more so that my heart will produce good fruit? So maybe just close your eyes. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than close your eyes and just ask you to pray that prayer and listen. Here's the prayer again. Lord, What's one change I can make to treasure Christ more so my heart produces good fruit? Okay. There is no mistake about the fact that we have oak trees in our backyard. 
Again, this is just off the porch. (laughs) The fruit of those trees is prolific, and they're doing what oak trees can do. There are acorns everywhere. You walk around our backyard long enough, you're going to get hit. It's just going to happen. And my concern is for some of us, we're just happy bearing a little fruit. And God says, if your heart has been transformed, you're going to bear a lot of fruit. We need to be people that want to be prolific for Christ. There should be no mistake about us that we are God's trees, that we are followers of Jesus, and that the fruit that falls from us is a abundant, that people who hang around us long enough are going to get hit by the fruit from our lives, and God will bless the world with his love. You might be thinking, oh, I'm a, man, I'm a, I'm a dead tree. I'm a bad tree. I'm a dry tree. I got empty branches. I'm fruitless. Oh, that I could be changed by Christ and be saved. I can't be what I want to be. I've tried hard for a long time. And there's hope. You could be strong. You could be firmly rooted. You could be well-watered. You can be delightful and fruitful if you will let Jesus Christ change you. So you can breathe a prayer to him right now. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to lift your hand. You don't have to come forward. You can just trust him. And he will turn you from a withered tree that seems doubly dead into a tree that is planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. Trust in Christ and in Christ alone. Because he came to this planet not to destroy you, not to make you miserable, but to bless your life so you can bless others. And through faith, you can become a fruitful tree. And if you want to give your life to Christ today, you can let us know about that. In your program, there's a box you can check. Today, I'm placing my faith in Christ. I want to sink my roots deeply into Him.